Hello, I'm Jim, and this is On the Left Side, the funny football show. Producer Andy's brought you some hot water. Thank you. And, and actually a second cup of hot water as well. We've got no honey to put in it, which is a bit of an oversight. God bless football pundits, eh? When the football is dire and the goals are thin on the ground, they are always there to keep us entertained, slag off the modern game, and get involved in endless, meaningless, repetitive, did I mention endless, debates about VAR. Yes, God bless the pundit. Except Graham Soonus, obviously. Why are you looking like that? This week, I was pretty uninspired by the goings-on within the actual game of football and so turned my attention to that little perspex box in the corner of the ground where TV pundits ply their trade like some kind of bitter, opinionated goldfish. And one of those entertaining guppies this week was former Manchester United man Roy Keane, who I've never really seen as a goldfish, actually. I've always considered him more of a wasp unnecessarily angry, likely to attack at any moment, and really fucks up your picnic when he sits on your Victoria sponge. The thing is, I don't think he'd really object to that description because Roy Keane does absolutely nothing to dispel his Mr Angry persona, and it was that side of his personality that was in full swing as he laid into Manchester United following what might have been considered by some to be a very reasonable 1-1 draw with Liverpool last weekend. The focus of Roy's anger was Manchester United's lack of goals, for which he had a brilliant and inspired solution. I'm saying a goal scorer, I'm not saying anybody. Do that. Go on, get goal scorers. Just go and get Kane from Spurs, easy. You'll be, you'll be popular with Spurs fans. Just go and get him. <laughs> Serious? Yeah, what, you're all staring at? Yeah. But that's when Man United, <laughs> that's, that's when Man United should be batting. Roy, that's, the kind of, that's when Man United should be batting. Go for the best, always have done. Turn disarray, go and get him. Not only is that a brilliant display of Manchester United's arrogance, yeah, yeah, just go and get Kane. I'm sure he'd be delighted to leave Spurs and Champions League football for 13th in the Premier League and um, a good noodle sponsor. But it also shows how perfectly you can combine expert TV punditry with drunk man down the pub spoiling for a fight rhetoric. Yeah, what you're staring at, yeah. He later went on to suggest that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could improve defensively before shoving a glass into Gary Neville's face, telling Jose Mourinho that he loved him and they should go on holiday together and wandering off with Graham Souness for a doner kebab. Kino has always been the man who could start a fight in an empty room and so it's no surprise that what sickened him most about the performance from Manchester United and Liverpool at the weekend wasn't what happened on the pitch at all. It was what happened off it just before the game. <laughs> It's the hugging that Roy's not happy with. <laughs> Roy, Roy, what is it that's causing you offence? Nah, I'm disgusted with players. You're, you're, you're going to war. You're hugging and kissing. Don't even look at the opposition. You're going to battle against them. Has uh, the game uh, changed? No, the game hasn't changed that much. The players have changed. The players have changed. You're going to war against these players. They're hugging each other. Forget that you can chat to them after the game. Or don't even chat to them after the game. I mean, it's just not football, is it, Roy? If you're not spitting on your opposite number, swearing at the mascots and sticking a pickaxe between the shoulder blades of the opposition star striker, well, for me, you've really got to question the commitment. I do wonder if Roy is so disgusted by the thoughts of people hugging each other, mainly because he's never had one. 
Just think what a different world it could have been if little Roy had had a little love every now and again. So 5-0 at half-time and Manchester United, you really need to take a long, hard look at themselves in the break, don't they, Roy? Aye, they do. A very long, hard look. Because they all look lovely, really smart in their new kit. And I have to say that red really brings out the colour in the players' eyes. To be honest, you can't really blame the pundits for going a little bit off-piste right now. Once again, the weekend's football was blighted by stories of racism, both internationally and in the lower leagues. And even at Old Trafford itself, one United fan was kicked out of the ground for using racist language. I assume because he'd read reports about how racist behaviour could be punished with games played behind closed doors and just didn't want to sit for any more turgid performances this season. So it's no surprise that, on occasion, the football media is hunting around and looking for another story. Any other story. Like BBC Sport journalist Simon Stone, who secured the scoop of the weekend when he tweeted... Pep Guardiola confirms he did not watch United versus Liverpool yesterday. He confirms it. Well, thank God for that. We can finally put those rumours to bed. He didn't just say it... He confirmed it. I mean, rumours have been going for some time as to what TV shows Pep was watching at a weekend. Was it the final of the circle? Was it the X Factor episode his missus taped for him? Was it that new Netflix documentary that he's been meaning to start for ages but hasn't really been in the mood for, despite all his mates saying it's really good? And finally, we know it was not the Liverpool game. So that's that. Like I say... Stories are thin on the ground, and whilst there might be some people suggest that the real Manchester City story this weekend was probably Guardiola's shock move of playing two midfielders at centre-back instead of any actual defenders against Crystal Palace, I'd say rubbish. Playing players who aren't proper centre-backs in defence is nothing new at all. David Luiz has made a career out of it. But at least we have pundits who are putting in the effort. Unlike this guy on Gambian TV, who apparently had never seen a player miss a penalty before. It's now Dowdengum. Gambian number four. He missed. He missed. He missed. I, I, I don't know what he was thinking. How can he... How, 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 how can he do that? I, I'm struggling to understand that. Well, Dowdengum. In fact, forget that. I'm not even sure he's seen a game of football before. I must admit, I've not watched a whole load of Gambian football. Maybe this is just how they commentate. Like in South America, when you get that classic goal celebration. In Gambia, each match event is just met with total and utter bafflement from the commentary team. Wait, 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 what, what, a throw in? With the ball? How do they do that? What? Why? Maybe he just needed the expert analysis of a goalkeeper with penalty-saving experience to give some insight on the intricacies of saving a penalty. Someone like Rob Green, former West Ham and England number one, who was on hand for the BBC Five Live this weekend to offer his expert analysis on the Chelsea versus Newcastle match. That was, if you can make out what he was saying. I think it just took him by surprise and it actually made it to him because they've got three big centre-halves in there and the three centre-halves are just letting letting Chelsea have it wide and cross it for them to say, well, we're going to deal with these crosses. And that time they didn't and it it was, I think it just caught him out. Yep, Rob seemed to be struggling a little bit with a sore throat this weekend. Great bit of play from Joel Linton, held it up, laid, it, laid him off, and then he ran into the box, went to shoot, 
just got caught by Alonso. Good recovery tackle. I think we need some hot honey for you. Now, do you remember a few months back when Rob Green was describing life as third choice Chelsea keeper and he described it as just sitting around watching football and drinking tea? Is this how he makes his money now? He just sits in various footballing locations drinking hot drinks whilst watching the beautiful game. Hopefully, won't have to say too much. Pretty nice work if you can get it. Anyway, here's one for you. When is a goalkeeper not a goalkeeper? When he's a little horse. You get it? Little horse. Sore throat. That's it yourself. First proper joke we've ever had in this show. That's it for today's episode of On The Left Side. Thank you very much for coming. Please, if you like what you hear, not only hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, tell your friends, you can do that on social media, and if you do it on Twitter, tag us in, at On The Left Side, and importantly, leave us a review however you listen to podcasts, and I don't mean a review like Elliot S. left on CastBox, which just said, sorry, I missed the funny parts. Thanks, Elliot. I'll see you next time for more Football Funny. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salveson, with additional voices from Kieran Sword. Lovely. <laughs>